Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, where every week we strive to lead younger generations on a path to virtue through the insight of Stoic teachings and personal stories from our lives as Gen Z Stoics. Welcome back to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast. This is another episode of a Stoic reading. I am your co-host, Mateo, and today I will be reading from Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. This is the modern library version, if you are interested in following along. Um, this is the first Stoic teaching uh, piece of literature that I ever picked up when I was starting with Stoicism along this journey, so I would encourage you, if you are new, to pick up Meditations and see where it takes you. So today... I will be starting from book two. Um, Book one is essentially a compilation of all the people that Marcus Aurelius knew. And I feel like that's mostly up, you know, for individual interpretation. And there's not much leeway in how you can interpret the personalities and the characteristics of his family members and friends in which he described. So I'm moving on to book two, which is more of the lessons he is writing about to teach us. Uh, Book two is called On the River Gran among the Kadi. So starting, I will be reading sections one and sections two today, uh, just on the first page of book number two. So without further ado, I will just sort of get into it and then additionally be adding commentary along the way. So starting in section one, when you wake up in the morning, tell yourself, the people I deal with today will be meddling, ungrateful, arrogant, dishonest, jealous, and surly. Now, This is interesting because this is one of the first passages that I ever read and one of the first passages I ever spoke about in the podcast in our very first episodes. So starting off your day, telling yourself, you know, the people around you will have these characteristics of being ungrateful, arrogant, dishonest, and jealous. It's important to tell yourself that so you are more forgiving throughout the day. You start yourself with almost a a manifestation that these people are going to do this and that so you're preparing yourself mentally for the hardships that are going to come your way that you cannot control continuing he says they are like this because they can't tell good from evil but i have seen the beauty of good and the ugliness of evil and have recognized that the wrongdoer has a nature related to my own not of the same blood or birth but the same mind and possessing a share of the divine so interestingly enough he says though these people are going to do wrong we are all the same. He says we have, uh, they have a nature related to my own, which means at the end of the day, we're all human, right? We're all mortal. We all share a similar mind, not of the same blood or birth, but he says we have the same mind. So we all know we've all made mistakes. We've all been arrogant at times. We've all been ungrateful. We've all been dishonest, jealous, etc. Coming down to this level of humility is super important when judging somebody else and something else that Marcus Aurelius says is you know before I criticize someone I will look at myself and analyze any areas of myself that are guilty of the same criticism right so it's sort of you know if you were lazy and then you're judging someone else for being lazy you're guilty of the exact same wrongdoing so that's sort of what he's saying here is that at the end of the day though these people that I will deal with today are going to be meddling ungrateful arrogant dishonest jealous and surly I am, at the end of the day, the same, you know, we are all together. We're all the same. We're all human. At the same time, while he's pointing out, you know, the obstructions of these people, he is also empathizing with them because he's like, we're all the same. And continuing on, he says, and so none of them can hurt me. 
No one can implicate me in ugliness, nor can I feel angry at my relative or hate him. We were born to work together like feet, hands, eyes, like the two rows of teeth upper and lower. To obstruct each other is unnatural. To feel anger at someone, to turn your back on him, these are obstructions. This ties back to the very first sentence, right? So he says, you know, he's telling himself in the morning that he's going to have to deal with people with, you know, less desirable characteristics. But then at the end, he sort of ties it back, right? He says, to obstruct each other is unnatural. So to feel anger at someone and to turn your back on him, that is an obstruction. So being angry at the people who are ungrateful, arrogant, you know, these less desirable characteristics, that's an obstruction. And an obstruction is unnatural, which means you're sort of going against the right thing to do. So I think interpreting what unnatural means, it's not abnormal to feel angry. That's not what he's saying. Everybody's going to feel angry. But unnatural, in my interpretation of this text, is saying, you know, it's the wrong thing to do. Feeling angry at someone simply because they're being arrogant or dishonest is sort of a fallacy in this situation. So what is natural? Well, natural would be to, like he said, he's acknowledging that we are of this, we are of the same mind and possessing a share of the divine. So you're bringing yourself down to the level of the people so you can empathize with them, but you're not allowing it to really get underneath your skin. That's sort of the important message here, right? And turning your back on him also, like he says, is an obstruction. So instead of turning your back on the people that are ungrateful and arrogant, dishonest, you help them, right? You simply share your kindness. You live by example, you know, and you lead by example. And that is sort of the, the stoic way is instead of criticizing people, getting angry and turning your back on them, you simply lead by example. That is the best way to help and uh, grow a, flour a flourishing community around you. Moving on to section two. So the sections in this book aren't necessarily meant to be read in order, but I am reading them in order because it's easier for the podcast and for this episode. So if you wanted to skip to section two before one, that's fine. They have nothing to do with each other. So starting with section two, whatever this that I am, it is flesh and a little spirit and an intelligence. Throw away your books. Stop letting yourself be distracted. That is not allowed. Ren brought this up to me when we were talking about it. And it's actually a really good point is that Marcus Aurelius here isn't saying don't read books. At the time, books were sort of the social media of that time. And so he's saying throw away your distractions. He's not saying don't read. He's saying throw away your distractions. Throw away your books. That is sort of the equivalent of saying today throw away your social media. Now, this is our interpretation of that text. So there could be different ways that that could be interpreted by other people. Maybe he really is saying throw away books and didn't like books, but I highly doubt it. I am more on the side of it's throw away the things that distract you, that aren't helping you, that are simply just for entertainment. So therefore, it's important to understand that getting rid of the things that distract you from being the best version of yourself, from being able to focus like a Roman warrior are the things that you must get rid of and throw away. As continuing on, he says, instead, as if you were dying right now, despise your flesh, a mess of blood, pieces of bone, a woven tangle of nerves, veins, arteries. Consider what the spirit is, air and never the same air, but vomited out and gulped in again every instant. This is a bit of a mess here on section two, but I think, you know, he says a mess, of, he says, despise your flesh. It's, it's interesting because he says despise your flesh which i don't always agree with because as you know taking your body to the next level and seeing what you're capable of physically 
I don't think there's anything wrong to despise with that. And it's a mess of blood, pieces of bone, a woven tangle of nerves, veins, and arteries. I don't think that's necessarily something to be dis to despise, but it's definitely something to understand. It can be delicate if you don't take care of it. It's something that you must build to be stronger, right? This mess of blood, these pieces of bone, it can be turned into a very powerful, very strong foundation. Finally, the intelligence. Think of it this way. You are an old man. Stop allowing your mind to be a slave, to be jerked about by selfish impulses, to kick against fate and the present, and to mistrust the future. Probably the one part of this passage that I agree with. Stop allowing your mind to be a slave and to be jerked about by selfish impulses. We've talked about numerous times in the podcast that people who are controlled by their impulses. Those are the people you don't want to surround yourself with. Those are people that can be dangerous, that can be, they can cause a lot of problems and that will never actually be free because the only way to really be free is to first free yourself from your mind. When he says, stop allowing your mind to be a slave and jerked by impulses, that doesn't mean you can't feel, you know, impulsive emotions or very strong emotions. We've talked about this before, but the whole idea of being stoic is feeling analyzing, understanding your emotions, then choosing to act logically despite what your emotions may tell you to do. And he says to kick against fate and the present. I think what he's trying to say here is stop wishing you were somewhere else. Stop despising where you are right now. Instead, you know, stop, take a minute, be thankful for what you have. Stop trying to be somebody that you aren't. And when you're saying you're kicking against the present, stop wishing you were somewhere else because then you're going to miss the lessons that the present is trying to teach you. And lastly, he says to mistrust the future. Stoics believed, and as we get into more readings in the future, you will understand that, especially for meditations, they believed in sort of, they did believe in a fate, but it wasn't necessarily a God. It was more of nature and capital N nature meaning we're all a part of this one thing. We're all coexisting as a part of a singular nature, I suppose is the best way to say it. So mistrusting the future, worrying about what you can't control, which is which makes no sense. There's no reason to worry about the things you can't control. And so if you're kicking against the present, not only are you not controlling what you can control in the moment, but then that would lead you to mistrust the future since you aren't taking any action in the now. That is all the reading for this for these first two sections, but I think there's a lot of valuable insight. And honestly, reading it through the first time, you might miss some things. So if you want to reread, I would highly recommend it. If you are into annotating, absolutely annotate certain areas that stick out to you, highlight them, you know, take some notes. Doesn't necessarily have to be in the book. It can be on paper, whatever works for you to get this information, you know, retained inside your brain. Honestly, a lot of this is very simple, very basic ways of thinking, but even just a simple mindset shift can be, you know, kind of critical to someone's understanding of a new way of living, especially stoically. There's there's not much that's very complex or difficult to understand. It's just I've noticed in my personal experience, a lot of stoic ways of thinking are just ways of thinking that I never, you know, I didn't turn my brain around one way to see it. It's all about a shift in perspective. So it sort of opened my eyes like, oh, that makes sense. You know, the people around me today are going to suck, but at the end of the day, we're all people and we all, you know, are of the same mind. So we're all equally, um, we all equally have the ability to change, to make mistakes and to be resilient. So with that being said, that was, you know, book two sections, one and two of meditations by Marcus Aurelius. And I have been your co-host Mateo. We will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in.